The sun is hot, but the air is cold. Shorts seem right, but feel wrong. You bask in the warmth of a summer world. Leaves change, air crisps, and flannel replaces flip-flops. You huddle around a hot wood stove during a winter storm. Welcome to the nature of phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. My life growing up, much like a certain volunteer-powered radio station, has been punctuated by the ebb and flow of musical genres. Folk, classic rock, new grass, Appalachian, even the throbbing Eastern European rhythm of Eugene Hutz's self-described gypsy punk. On one such exploratory leap in genres, a younger high school me fell in love for a time with the endless riffs and often nonsensical rhymes of jam band extraordinaire Fish. Of all of their lyrics, a few lines stood out to me the most. Welcome, this is a farmhouse. We have cluster flies, alas, and this time of year is bad. We are so very sorry, but there is little we can do but swat them. At the time, I found myself wondering, what were these flies that seemed to cluster? How bad can they be? Years later, here I sit in the thick of September, wondering when the relentless swarm of cluster flies will be over and have replaced the words of fish with those of William Dahl, who in 1882 wrote, Words fail to describe their general depravity. It is beyond expression. If you wish to be happy, be sure you don't introduce cluster flies into your family. My first sustained encounter with one of these innumerous infestations was at my office. Being a resourceful sort of individual, I of course reached to the vacuum cleaner and in a matter of minutes stared with an eye of satisfaction towards the newly cleaned walls and windows with not a fly in sight, except of course those which completely filled the previously empty canister of my vacuum. I should have remembered the wise words of fish, there is little we can do but swat them, for arriving to work the next morning, I found their numbers had doubled if not tripled. So I kept with the daily routine of going into work, vacuuming the flies, and settling down to the day's business. The leaves transitioned from green to orange, orange to red, red to, well, an absence of leaves, but the hordes of relentless flying insects continued. Then finally, one frosty day, they were no more, until spring anyway. Cluster flies are a non-native member of the blowfly family, who, contrary to their persistence indoors, will not actually reproduce in home or office, but rather are simply looking for a warm, sunny window upon which they can persist through the cold winter months of the New World. They are larger than houseflies, hairier, slower, much less coordinated in flight, and of course a mass in their iconic numbers. In fact, cluster flies are their very own species called Polenia rudis, and they certainly are the rudest guests I have ever hosted. In the spring, cluster flies lay their eggs into the loose soil worked by an earthworm, where the larvae hatch and find their way into an unsuspecting earthworm host in which they will feed, grow, and eventually emerge as an adult. This parasite host relationship is so strong, in fact, that cluster flies are not even found in areas with few earthworms and are believed to have come to the New World in the same ballast soil that brought those non-native worms to our shores by sail. During warm weather, they mostly live outdoors, and it isn't until the warm nights turn cold do they seek the warmth and refuge of leaf litter, tree bark, and, of course, the cracks and nooks of our old New England farmhouses. As the season wears on, so does their welcome in our homes. Even though these pests sure are numerous, they are not known to transmit any disease to humans, nor intentionally seek our food, 
though in their clumsy flight, they might end up there just the same. So if you're finding yourself becoming overwhelmed by the influx of clusterflies into your home, feel free to take solace in the knowledge that you are not alone. You might even take a pause in their removal to appreciate their tenacity for persistence through the sheer incalculable numbers of their near-limitless population. You can find a link to the full transcript of this show, as well as references, contact information, and accompanying photos by visiting archives.weru.org. You can also listen to or download our features or subscribe to podcasts. Theme music was by a Pileated Woodpecker, made available by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology. (laughs) ¶¶